This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Write From The Deep. Well, as always, thank you first and foremost to our patrons on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that enables creatives like us to get paid because it does take time and money to put these podcasts together and pay for the hosting. So our patrons on Patreon truly help make this podcast possible, and we are thankful for you. You guys can find out more information about this at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash right from the deep. Thanks so much to our October sponsor of the month, Tammy Partlow. Thanks, Tammy. (laughs) She's a writer and speaker at women's retreats. Her book, Blood Beneath the Pines, is a tale of prevailing justice set mostly in the Deep South. And she's hard at work on book two of this series. You can learn more about Tammy at her website, Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, Partlow, P-A-R-T-L-O-W, Com. And the Florida Christian Writers Conference is coming up, maybe even right as you're listening to this. I will be there in Leesburg, Florida on October 20th through 24th. I'll be representing Wild Heart Books. I'll be taking pitches and appointments for them. And I will be teaching a session called, Did God Really Ask You to Write? And I would love it if you guys said hi if you were there. We are so blessed by the sponsorship that we have from Novel Marketing Podcast with host Thomas Umstead Jr. You know, that's the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. We know and trust Thomas and his podcast is full of great information and advice like Novel Marketing's 10 Commandments of Book Marketing, which we're going to bring you now. Yes, and last time we talked about commandment number one, love thy reader as you love thy book. Well, commandment number two is similar. Thou shalt write for thy reader, not thyself. (laughs) So you might have heard this before, but one way that you can ensure that you're writing for your reader and not for yourself is to kill your darlings. (laughs) Well, that means is you only include in your book those things, those sentences and thoughts and passages that are going to impact the reader. So maybe you have a little section that you love But hey, if it's not going to serve the reader, it needs to go. Another thing that might help you write for your reader is to write the back cover copy before writing your book. This helps you keep the reader in mind and why they might want to read the book. Remember, if you're writing for publication, it's about serving your reader, not yourself. Of course, it's about serving God first, but then serving your reader, not yourself. For more on book promotion and platform help, listen to Novel Marketing in your favorite podcast app or at novelmarketing.com. And we have been talking about wonders. And today I want to tell you about my droopy plants. I planted these shrubs on the side of my house, and I thought that it was more shady than it is, but it's not. So they have a tendency to get wilty in the sun. And I, when I planted them, I learned that I should water them once a week with a an hour-long drip kind of a thing so that they would develop deep roots. So I do that, and it's astounding <laughs> when I go out there and they're droopy, and then I put the water on them, and an hour later, they're all perky. I love it. <laughs> Well, 
Here's what I was thinking about. Sometimes, guys, we're droopy. We feel dry. We feel tired. We feel apathetic and hopeless sometimes. But God, he tells us in Jeremiah 2.13 that he is our spring of living water. Imagine that. Not just water from the ground, living water. And guys, tapping into that is as simple as just stopping what we're doing and asking him to give us that living water. We don't need to manufacture our perkiness or our hope. We actually can let God give it to us. We're meant to depend on him and on his spirit. So if you guys are feeling droopy or dry or exhausted today, please know this is a wonder that Your God is ready and waiting to fill you up. And now, here's the show. Welcome, listeners. We're so happy to have you here with us. And we're happy because we have a guest. (laughs) And uh, Karen, of course, we're going to let her introduce our lovely guest. Brandilyn Collins is our guest, and where do I start? She's a best-selling author of over 30 books in the Christian market, and she's known for her seatbelt suspense novels. Her energetic and insightful speaking about God and his power to change lives, and her deep-level teaching on the craft of fiction. But in the last year, something exciting has happened. Has it been a year or two years, Brandilyn? It's been over a year. Over a year, God has led her into a new and exciting ministry, and that's what we're here to talk about today. I confess, when she first told me about it, I was kind of skeptical, but I've seen in the last few years what God has done for her and through her. I've seen the power, and I've heard the power in her prayers, and I'm really excited about how we all can experience the wonder of God's touch and power in our lives and writing. So, Brandilyn, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's just wonderful to be back talking with you both today. Yes, thank you for being here. And we would love to start out always asking the same question because it's so fun. (laughs) Brandon, (laughs) what does the deep mean to you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I was with you before, and I don't even remember how I answered it then. I no doubt will speak differently of it now because I have learned so much in this last year plus, the deep is going deep in the spirit to speak with God on the spirit level Mm. in which I can hear his voice. He leads my prayers. He speaks to me. He gives me words for other people. And it is a complete attuning my ears to hear what he has to say to me. And it is simply, uh, simply, hmm, that's kind of the wrong word to use. It is simple <laughs> in a sense, but it's difficult to get to. You know what I mean? It's a deep yeah. concept. And the concept is to get past our own thoughts and our own ideas, if you will, of what should happen and what we should ask God and truly go to God in prayer and say, Lord, what do you want me to pray to you today? How do you want to speak through me in my prayers back to you today? Mm-hmm. That is the deep me. I love that. And it feels like it's getting close to what they're talking about in Romans, right? Where the Spirit is interceding for us, too. It's like we're taking part in that. We're getting to that level. So I love that. So, Brandilyn, talk a little bit about how God started you in this new ministry and what He's taught you and, and the impact that it's had for you and for others. 
Well, he, he really backed me into it. Uh, he can, God can be sly at times. <laughs> he, knows, he knows our weaknesses. And he knows that if he had told me 14, 15 months ago, hey, Brandolin, you are not going to write anymore. And instead, you are going to serve hours a day as an intercessor hmm. for America. I would have said, um, I cannot do that. I <laughs> yeah. told yeah. you, we need to do that. And so what God did is he put me on a sabbatical from writing. I was taking a break. And then the break stretched out a little longer, and I began to hear in my spirit a, a sense, a deep sense that God was taking me somewhere else, right. that he had a new thing for me to do. And I honestly had no idea what it was, but this sense grew within me. And then as of last year, COVID hit, people were in their houses, I had to have uh, a surgery, which put me down for quite a while. And on top of that, I got COVID. And on top of that, my back was hit through all of this so that I literally could barely move. So basically for about three months, I was totally, I was on the couch down wow. and in a lot of pain. So that kept me from going out anyway. Yeah. So during all of that, I found myself just with this hunger of spending the days in the word and in prayer and learning how to go deeper and deeper in his spirit in prayer and I was really found myself interceding for America because so much evil was hitting America, right? Mm -hmm. We were right, undergoing right. incredible times. And so I actually was doing this new task that he had called me to do before I understood what I was doing or even before I had a name for it. And mm. suddenly around last, I don't know, November or so, you know, I became aware that I was serving as an intercessor for America. And I, I honestly went to the Lord and said kind of, oh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, that was that task you had me for. <laughs> okay. Well, now that I'm doing it, okay, I can do this. <laughs> and so it has been the greatest blessing. And even through those three months of intense pain and sickness and all of that stuff, I, I remember the pain, but honestly, what I remember is the great blessing through it all, um, because I could just sit all day and do that. And now that I'm, you know, over that and, and up and moving around again, and I'm fine, very healthy, this is still my calling through the day. So really what's happened is all of the time I would have spent writing during the day, I am now spending in, in prayer and in study and in listening to God speak both to me personally and through voices he has out there that I trust. And, and this is what I do for the course of my day. Mm. And it's just been, I've grown so much in the past year. I mean, I've grown more in the past year than I've grown in, you know, the last decade or two put together. I do believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brandilyn, the, the first thing, though, that is hitting me about this is that here you are, an author of over 30 books, and, and what I really want, aside from all this amazing prayer stuff here, the first thing I want listeners to notice is that 
It's okay to be a writer and write one book or 10 books or 30 books or 100 books, and then one day you do something different because God leads you there. So I don't want our listeners to miss the fact that when it's time to leave writing, it's okay, and God will let you know. And maybe, Brandilyn, right. you'll come back. Maybe you won't. That's that's for God to decide. But God let you know, and and I just I love that. You're not locked into being a writer forever just because you started as a writer. I also want the the listeners out there not to be afraid of being called away from writing because God sometimes has us let go of the good to receive the best. And we're not saying at all, you guys, that that you need to stop writing and you need to do exactly what Brandlin doing. That's that's not what we're talking about here. We're simply talking about having a better understanding of going deeper with God, spending more time in prayer, spending more time in embracing God's power as you pray over your life and your writing and understanding how much we as believers leave on the table. Boy, that is absolutely true. God spoke to me back in 2012, and I was minding my own business, driving down the road, rock blasting, <laughs> and all of a sudden, God said, I have some things to tell you, and so I turned off the music, and here I am, Lord. <laughs> Speak to me. He told me three things, and one of the things he told me at that time was, I want you to continue writing Christian fiction. It was very clear. Yeah. And so I continued to follow that calling. I, I, I honestly thought I would be following that calling until the day I died. I mean, it didn't occur to me I would not be a writer. It, 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 this has really been a huge surprise for me. But this now is, is clearly where he has led me. And so, yes, and what I've learned is it's a completely different focus. And I went from writing books that, if you looked at it just from a, sort of a worldly view, these books were selling in the thousands and going out across America and, you know, across the world and right, people right. were reading them. And he calls me to sit in my home and speak just to him. Hmm. Now, of course, that just is just in parentheses as if that, that has no power, which of course it does. But you see, in a world that we could look at that and go, oh my goodness, I've, I've gone from a writer with this huge audience to a right, you know, to a prayer, I'm just speaking to God, and, and I'm releasing his word to a few people in my immediate sphere of influence, which he has called me to do. And so, you know, I'm speaking to 50 or 100 people instead of thousands. But you know what? That is God's task for me now. And one mm -hmm. is that the power of prayer is above the power of everything else. Yes. And two is that no task that God calls us to is small. This is mm -hmm. Zechariah 4, 6. Who has despised the day of small things? Yes. Mm -hmm. it, that, that day of small things was not God's idea. This was said back when they were building the temple, and the temple they were building was much smaller than the Solomon's temple, and some of them were wailing because their task was small and insignificant. How dare we ever turn to God and say, oh, the task you have called me to is small and insignificant. Wow. And so whether that applies to your writing, whether it's writing books or writing for a church newsletter, God's task to us for the moment, or whether it's, it's, it's praying, sitting alone and praying for the, for the nation, God's task for us at the moment is never small. It is great in his eyes. 
Yes. And our task is to follow his calling and to do what he commands us to do and to understand that we are fulfilling his purpose in our lives for that season. Here's the thing that I love. If if we would make that focus, can you imagine this nation if if they would make their focus seeking God first? I mean, I think I've heard that somewhere before. I don't remember who wrote it, like it was maybe in the Bible about seeking God's kingdom maybe. first. And and if we made that our focus about going deeper with him and coming closer to him and then whatever ministry we perform that he calls us to, we let him infuse us with what he wants done in that. If if we truly become the soldiers who look to the general to be mobilized and to uh, attack or go against whatever wrong there is, can you imagine the power in people's lives and in writers' words and their books to come out and to change the world? If we knew, if we truly knew at the core of who we were, that this is what God wanted to speak through us to the readers, it's just astounding. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, let's let's ask this, though. You mentioned like general here, uh, you know, like an army, but what about maybe the person who doesn't have a lot of experience with prayer? They just, it's not, they don't even know where to start. Brandilyn, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who just doesn't even know how to, how to do this, how to begin to pray? What I have learned so much in the past year is our authority in Christ. Now, we, we read these verses in the Bible. I had certainly read them many, many times, but we tend to not understand the, the depth and the gravity of our authority in Christ as we pray. And so what happens is we end up praying prayers of what we want to happen, how we think God should act, and or we end up pleading with the Lord, oh, please do this, please do this. You know, we have authority in Christ. We do not need to plead with the Lord. We never need to plead with the Lord. Mm. That is our own our own thought. Like we have to, oh, please, please, please do this, Jesus, uh, as if he's not inclining his ear to his children. So if I may, I'd like to lead you through three different sets of verses, which are the foundation of what I have discovered as our authority in Christ. Yes, yeah. please. Okay, so these verses are in Ephesians and Colossians. So first, I'm going to read from Ephesians 1. Um, I'll start in verse, well, I'll start in 18, because the verses sort of all run together and go to verse 21. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so you will know. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And here's the main part. What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, meaning Christ, at his, God's, right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, 
all authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So here we see Paul talking about God's power, and he uses different words. He uses the word power, strength, and might. And those two diff- those words are different in the Greek, and they cover many different forms. They cover physical power, they cover dominion, strength, uh, um, coming from the root word to mean perfect, complete. Uh, they cover the words ability and force. So all of these different meanings are in those words. And then it says, he, God raised Christ and seated him in the heavenly place. This is in the third heaven, the highest of heavens that we read about in the Psalms, the heavens above the heavens. And he seated in the heavenly places, and this is above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, which are cover both angelic and demonic angels, okay, fallen angels. So basically, Christ is seated with God in the highest of heaven above all the bad guys, right? <laughs> That's kind of the bottom line of it, okay? From someone who writes the spits, here's where the good guys sit, you know, and they're above the bad guys. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Now, now that we know where Christ is, he's above all in the heavenly places, above all rule and authority. Now, oh my goodness, you have to listen to these two verses in, in the context of that this first passage. So the second passage is Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. And they start with my favorite two words in the entire Bible. Every time I come across them, I, I underscore them. But God. <laughs> but God. They are the two most powerful words in the whole Bible, but God. All right. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgression, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places, mm. in Christ Jesus. Oh, my word. Where are we seated? In the heavenly in that third places. Heaven, mm-hmm. Right next to Christ. Where mm. does that put us? Above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every demonic entity out there, above all forces of evil out there. Mm. We're seated in the heavens with him right with him, which means, and it says he ra- he made us alive together with Christ and raised us up there, and we sit up there in Christ, which means we have been given all the authority over evil that Christ has been given. Mm-hmm. All authority. Yeah. I mean, just say, we could we could meditate on that for days. Right. Even just trying to wrap our minds around that, when you consider what evil has been made in the world today and how evil always seems to win in the media, in movies, in books, and evil is never fully defeated, you know, in those in those movies where evil is, is having heyday in the world and then they're defeated, there's always that little something at the end that shows evil is still alive and coming after us. And so... 
it's created such a sense of fear in us as believers about demons and demonic power and all those kinds of things. And yet, as you're saying, we have the authority over all that in Christ. We absolutely do. Absolutely. And here is the third verse to just go off with what you were just saying. This is Colossians 1, 13. <laughs> For he rescued us from the domain of darkness. Now start right there. Where are we? When we're before we're saved, we're in the domain of darkness. We right. are dead in the water. We are hopeless and helpless. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Mm-hmm. Now where does his king where is the kingdom of his beloved son? Seated in heavenly places above all rule and power and authority and dominion and power. Okay? So yes. here again, he took us from the domain of darkness. This this verse goes very well with the verses I just read you in, in Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 2, 4 through 6. Mm-hmm. So he rescues us from the domain of darkness, and now we are transferred to God's kingdom. We are again seated in the heavenly places with Christ above all evil. And so when he tells us, also in Ephesians, you know, we've often read about the passage about the putting on the whole armor of God. Right. And, you know, we're carrying the sword, you know, we've got the helmet and the breastplate and the, you know, the belt and all of these things, and we're carrying the sword. But what do we do when, so imagine that. And, and, you know, when Paul wrote that, he was in prison, and he was standing next to a Roman guard. He was looking mm-hmm. at a Roman guard and, and copying all that the guard had on, you know, and putting it in spiritual terms for Christians. So imagine a soldier like that, decked out for war, but the soldier is trotting, trudging along, <laughs> yeah. the energy, and the sword is like, He's barely hanging on to the sword, and it's dragging on the ground behind <laughs> him, and his shoulders are stooped, okay? Yeah. That is the perfect picture to me of how I used to be as a Christian before I understood my authority in Christ. I had the sword of the Spirit. I just wasn't using it. I was mm. dragging it on the ground. Right. But now, literally... When I, and I'm saying literally because it happens to me literally. It just happened to me a few days ago. When I am facing, face on demonic entities, and they're coming at me through somebody, they're trying to attack me, and I understand it, I can stand in my authority and tell them to be quiet, tell them they, are, they cannot attack me. I can absolutely stand in my authority in Christ. And tell those powers they have no authority over me. Because that is my authority in Christ that I have been given. The only caveat I will add to that, and it's a really big one, is that Christ gives us all these things when we become his children. There is no greater power and authority to become a child of the Most High God. Right. Because then we reign with the power he has given us, which is Christ's resurrection power, by the way. Don't forget that. We have in us Christ's resurrection power. So the only caveat, and it's big, is that we must walk in it. 
It is always held out. That authority and power is always held out for us to grasp hold of and use. But it, we must accept it and walk in it. Otherwise, we, we can be Christians, we can be saved, we can be on our way to heaven, but we are not standing and walking in the authority that Christ is, sure. is literally holding out his hand and offering us as a gift. It is no different. that We understand it. When, when Christ offers salvation, the gift of salvation, right. just because he offers it doesn't mean everyone is saved, right? You have to accept it. In the same way, once we are saved, he holds out his gifts of authority and his gifts, many, many gifts to us, the gift of peace, many, many gifts to us, right. the gift of walking in no fear, but we must accept those things. We must walk in them. Oh, man, guys, I don't know about you, but I am loving this conversation. And we're going to end this part right now, but stay tuned for the next podcast because that will be the second half of the conversation, and you are going to love it. Amen. I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time... Embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm -hmm.